0: Well, it's best song ever, not a podcast better, the tunes are cool and the jokes are clever, it's a worthwhile endeavor. Welcome to Best Song Ever. I am your host, Luke LeBen, and I'm a fool to do your dirty work.
1: And I'm Kevin Connor here to drink scotch whiskey all night long and die behind the wheel.
0: Oh, don't you love it? That's that's the dream right there. And uh, if you uh, can pick out those lyrics, good on you. If not, you might be like, what are these guys talking about? Well, let me remind you that it is Dad Rock Summer. Uh, We may have had a full episode last week, but we are still in the throes of Dad Rock Summer. And... We could not let Dad Rock Summer pass without doing a deep dive on our mutual, probably favorite band from the 70s. One of our favorite Dad Rock artists, Steely Dan, the amazing, jazzy, rocky, yacht rock band of the 70s. Um, They've been getting some recent popularity, too, um, with Dirty Work coming back in the Suicide Squad. Mm -hmm. And so we it's a good time to dive deep on Steely Dan so we picked each our top 5 Steely Dan songs and have combined them into our collective top 10 Steely Dan songs so why don't we start at the top of the playlist Kev can we can we
1: talk about like how we've come to Steely Dan though just because we both oh our Steely Dan t- testimonies yeah we have we have come to love Steely Dan in very different ways so I'll yes. start my dad played Steely Dan all the time. They're one of his favorite bands and uh I did not like them. They were old, weird <laughs> old person music that didn't rock. it just kind of like was jazzy and kind of funny and like I was just like i don't I don't get this and <laughs> after years of listening to Zero Steely Dan, I finally like you know, started picking up my dad's record collection when I got a turntable of my own and I was like, ah, let me, let me take a listen to Steely Dan. Let me grab Asia and Gaucho. And he's like, take these. Yeah, they're great. And just, like, absolutely love them and also am completely enamor- enamored in the nostalgia of them for myself, which, like, I was not alive when these albums came out, but I was alive when my dad was playing them constantly. <laughs> and even, like, their their newer stuff from the 2000s, like, I still have a nostalgic feel for so...
0: Yeah, that's interesting, too.
1: Yeah, so I definitely love them for very weird reasons and, like, have now come to really appreciate their music and, like, all their albums are out.
0: But that's the total opposite of how you came to them, Luke. Yes. So my Steely Dan testimony is um, actually, and I am I was going to mention it on my first song, it was uh, my friend Rob who passed away uh, last year. And, you know, as... He's been gone now uh, over a year. It, actually, it was just the anniversary. Uh, there's a lot of things that remind me of him, and a lot of them musical and little ways that I uh, feel like we're still connected. And Steely Dan is one of them, uh, specifically my first song, which we'll get into it. But last last uh, Minnesota, I said, yeah, you got it from your dad. I got it from my stoner friends. And uh, it was <laughs> It was when we were going over there to my friend's house and watching uh, Breaking Bad every week and we would like play music and uh, he got me onto the Royal Scam and I like loved that album and that's like later Steely Dan and so I had heard like really just a smattering of songs from them until recently but I loved those handful of songs and I had the vinyl for Asia which is their 1977 album. And so really like until recently I had a love for them, but d- had heard them very limited. And then this year I went back and listened to all their discography, but like, yeah, I was confused like where even dirty work fell in their discography. Um, and we'll talk about it when we get to that album, but you want to get into your first pick? Cause it's from that album.
1: Yeah. Um, I picked, this is, I have so many like favorites, but this is definitely among them. I could probably pick 20. Uh, but I think this is a song that feels so ahead of its time when it came out in '72. But do it again off, uh, off to can't buy a thrill. Yeah. And it's, it's got like the, the organ like kind of keys to it and it's, it's very v- like
0: kind of bluesy yeah. kind of vibe to it, yeah. And
1: I think all of all of the songs on this album feel completely out of time. Like they absolutely could be six, yeah. seven years later. Like this album as a whole is really an incredible debut. And we recently talked about our favorite debut albums, and I didn't bring this up knowing that we talk about it eventually on an episode, right? Because I like it's
0: it's the most it's featured incredible. album on this playlist. Uh, Yeah. And it's wild. that Like their first one, I would have pegged do it again being much later. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then there's they kind of sound even like some of the stuff at the time on certain songs like Van Morrison or Elton John or something like I get that vibe. And I'm like, oh, interesting. Because like me knowing their later work and then going back and listening to this album this year. I was like shocked, like, oh, reeling in the years, do it again and dirty work. Are all on this like pretty close together, all like huge hits, and uh, we're like absolute classics.
1: We're missing classics from this album on this playlist because we limit ourselves to five, and really, we could have probably picked five from this album. And you know me, I'm a little deep cut dog, you are. (laughs) Although, like with Steela Dan, I feel like there are, there are like everything's a deep cut, like minus everything's a deep five songs total, so it's. like this no wonder you love them because every song is a weird b-side
0: yes for sure and let's get into my first one uh it's kid charlemagne from steely dan famously sampled on i don't know how famously uh you know i'm the sample sleuth so i know it but kanye sampled it on graduation uh on the song champion did you realize that they were that you were a champion in their eyes uh, such a great sample, love the way he used it but this song, it's uh, apparently about Timothy Leary, the guy who like invented LSD and uh, that's sort of like the one theory of what it's about and sort of like his rise and fall and like when the, the feds come after him, there's the line about something like they'll all end up in jail or get that out of there get that out of here, or we'll all end up in jail so it's like the rise and fall and them sort of being like get along, kid Charlemagne, like, you carry on, you had a hard go. That's always how I interpreted get along, kid Charlemagne. And, you know, talking about my friend Rob, who passed away, it also feels, you know, like a shine on you crazy diamond type deal. Like, you know that song by uh, Pink Floyd, and it's used that sort of phrase of, like, shine on you crazy diamond, like, be yourself, Um, and, like, a nod and approval and, in love somewhat and so i'm like get along kid Charlemagne. that's the new thing but the horns on this album are amazing the this is where they really got like upped the the jazziness and sort of got into the sound that i know them as it maybe got a little less poppy and so my holy trinity of steely dan albums is the royal scam asia uh or no katie lied the Royal Scam, Asia. And I think your Holy Trinity would probably be different than that. But I'll, uh, it's
1: it'd be can't buy a thrill Asia gaucho. Yeah. And I think and, Asia is um,
0: their their highest regard. Most one. commercially successful yeah. one. Yep, for sure. But the Royal Scam is not to be overlooked. There is some really great stuff on there. So
1: my next pick is from one of my uh my top three, and that is the The latest album featured in this playlist, I believe. Nope, that's not true. Because I picked a more recent song. Never mind. Uh, But it's from that trifecta. And it is Hey19 off of Gaucho. And I just think this is like a very... I have another pick from this era later on that's a little more somber and mellow. But this is just like them kind of jamming out. It starts very strong with like, like guitar and... It's got, like, harmonica on it, which is something that they feature very rarely, but I kind of love it. And, like, it's also going back to my love of Stevie Wonder, but it's this is just, like, a song you can absolutely sing along to.
0: It's also, like, got a really, like, smooth, sexy chorus with Mm -hmm. a very, like, goofy, dorky verse, which I love that. Like, and it feels like classic Steely Dan to, like, do something different that you're not expecting where it's, like hey 19 that's wreath the franklin it's like where, where, there's all and sorts this, of weird noises this is like a song i would have hated as a kid like it was yeah just av- it was for like, sure and that's this? my thing with gaucho is they that's like the most jazzy and like the mm-hmm. songs are longer so i feel like it's still amazing there's no bad steely dan album no. uh but yeah it's like I I, that's why I don't love it. I feel like as much as Asia and the Royal Scam, but this I feel like is the biggest jam off of it. And people say you know it's kind of creepy because he's talking to a nineteen year old, but he's saying he can't dance with her. I mean, (laughs) I
1: you know me that I am so much more vibes, and you are so much more lyrics. Yeah, so like I that definitely is a consideration in the song, but it's just
0: I just and you want to talk about. Yeah, it's great. Nothing wrong with Love and the Harmonica. You want to talk about some dark Steely Dan lyrics, listen to the song, Everyone's Gone to the Movies. <laughs> Again, musically, amazing, great vibe, but the lyrics, pretty dark. Um, did Steely Dan coin the Pumped Up Kicks experience? They probably did, you know? And reading, I was reading like Billboard's list of best Steely Dan songs, and one of them is Cousin Dupree, which is another really like creepy Mm -hmm. from the perspective of a total creep and um yeah so i'm like i feel like that is what people love about it because it's like weird and dark subjects they're exploring uh yeah and they are masters of lyric and keep it vague too so it's like is that what they're talking about but um let's talk about one that is I mean, I guess maybe there's some vagueness in the lyrics, but this is an absolute hit, an absolute jam, and it is Peg from Asia, probably the catchiest Steely mm-hmm. Dan song to exist. And and um, had you not chosen it,
1: I would have. It's, yes, it's I like the with one. You. Yeah, we talked. That's <laughs> yeah. the
0: one we talked about
1: ahead of time because I definitely could have found others, but it's so good. And yeah, the backing vocals based on our episode Mikey, a couple of weeks ago, Michael McDonald, like,
0: um, which I would recommend on YouTube. There's some like full Asia documentary that I haven't watched the whole thing, but I watched the clip of them making peg and they're like isolating. It's like Fagan and Becker are in the studio, isolating different parts and like talking about it and they play his vocals and it's incredible. And then they're like isolate the very highest one. Cause he did like three vocal tracks himself. Mm-hmm. In addition to Fagan, and then uh, it's like they're like, "Sorry, Mike, don't mean to embarrass you." And it's like, "Oh," ah! and it's like flawless. I'm like, I could listen <laughs> to just that. It's beautiful. I I should oh.
1: make a playlist of featuring Michael McDonald songs.
0: Oh, that would be great because
1: yeah. it would be like he, all incredible music. Like you'd have a lot of Logins, some uh, some Doobie Brothers, some Steely Dan. Like he's that'd be done it all. Really solid.
0: Yeah. And you know, that uh, documentary, the one guy who played guitar or bass, I forget, was saying they didn't just play like musical players, they played musical bands. So you would come in the next day, there's a whole new band, uh, a different guy's playing your part, and they're like, hey, we want you to do this now. And that's what Michael McDonald said. They were like absolute perfectionists in the studio because that was sort of their thing is they didn't want a tour. They were like, we're a studio only band. And you know, I feel like they were just some classic art nerds. And we're just like, we're going to like set this high standard. And it's crazy that it worked. And some of the best music came out of it.
1: Yeah. And that's like, they were not a touring band. That was like famously not. Uh, but yeah. recently, I think last year they came out with a live album, which I listened to. Cause I was, like, I've said this before due to see Steely Dan in 2020 and yeah. uh, fuck COVID. But yeah that album rules. Oh, it's so right. good. And they do it's like some different things with their performances which I love when it's not just like a verbatim performance of the song because if it, I I would listen to the album if I wanted to hear yeah, the song exactly right. as heard. So like you they kind of do some riffs and do some fun stuff and it's very interesting. That's so cool. Yeah, I really I think it's um, called Northwest Corridor the live album. I need to listen to that. It's very good. So Steely Dan, like, kind of famously, like, slowed down after kind of their streak in the 70s of, like, six albums, like, something crazy like that, and they came out with two albums in the 2000s, which I think, commercially, probably less successful than anything else, just because yeah Steely Dan in the 2000s doesn't isn't the vibe. That's not the popular music anymore. But those albums are awesome. Uh, it's Two Against Nature and Why Can't I Think of the Last One. It's It's got a cool cover of like a briefcase full of watches and it's everything must go. Yeah. Uh. So I chose one from Two Against Nature and that's West of Hollywood, which I don't think a Steely Dan playlist would be complete without like an eight and a <laughs> half minute. Super long. Like jazzy yeah. bop. Uh and this one's just really fun. It goes in a lot of places. And I uh it's definitely like one of their lesser known songs. But I think yeah it just like it it utilizes its length so well where it's not like we're gonna do this for eight minutes. It's it's we're gonna do this for a couple minutes and then evolve and then evolve and then evolve and evolve. So right. by the end, it's it's still in the same realm of what it is, but there's like some incredible sax and piano and keys and stuff. And it just, it, it all like culminates just like perfectly
0: in this long ass track. Yeah, exactly. And you know, two against nature is, I feel like both of those albums that they like it, one of the most successful, like band coming back and not changing their sound and it not sounding like I think because they had such a unique sound in the 70s, coming back in the 2000s, their sound kind of sounds the same. Like, you don't lose, I feel like you might lose a little bit of the vintage charm, but it's like I was surprised how much this just felt like when I went from listening to Asia to listening to this. Like, it doesn't feel that different. And so it's pretty successful.
1: They are so against trying to chase a trend that yeah i mean truthfully this album you could play for me and i wouldn't if i had no knowledge like i wouldn't know what it came out i would assume it was it was right in the middle of all their others you wouldn't know yeah
0: that's what's great about Steely Dan. oh and something else that's great about them is i already talked about their interesting lyric writing where you you can take many meanings from it and uh this, I think, is the best example, and this is one that I wasn't familiar with before my my discography listened through, and it's my new favorite, and it's Dr. Wu from Katie Lyde, which I got the vinyl uh, when I went record shopping on my birthday, and uh, it's got some Michael McDonald backup vocals again. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Apparently this one like almost killed him (laughs) because he said, because it's like, it's such a like changing. There's like a key change, uh, like multiple key changes. I feel like, or like just the chords go in really weird directions. And so like doing the harmonies, it's like, must've been tough. But the lyrics to me, it almost tells the story of this relationship between our narrator and Katie, which is bad. And then the narrator seemingly loves Dr. Wu. That's how I interpret it at first, was like, this narrator's in love with Dr. Wu. And then in the end, it's, has she finally got to you? And so then it's like, the doctor takes Katie, you know, sort of manipulates him into being in a relationship with Katie. And you read what they say it's about. Uh, There's three different options. So. Fagan said it's like it's about doctors taking advantage and manipulating you which i mean i definitely got that uh becker said it's about drugs like one person dr Wu representing drugs and like this addiction so um and then there's sort of the the meaning that i took where there's this love triangle but with that manipulation but the love is sort of between two men as i understood it Maybe a more evolved 2022 way of looking at it that they weren't thinking of in the 70s. But you never know. And it's just such a a beautiful, heartbreaking song. And the melody in Fagan's voice is so great on it. So um, also, you'd mentioned their tour. And we talked about before how they dropped Amy Mann from their tour. And they have Snarky Puppy replacing her. So I'm like, I kind of get those two acts aligning more because Amy Mann's not as like jazzy. Um, but in her cartoon that she posted, like talking about how she got dropped, her like fantasy was them singing Doctor Wu. And I was like, oh Amy. And I can just see the meeting where they were like, I mean, what's the fan base that's gonna want to see Steely Dan and Amy Mann together and i'm like exactly me that sounds like my dream (laughs) (laughs) it sounds like it was made for exactly me very very not enough of me out there yeah (laughs) yeah and like
1: there has been like that that whole saga has been talked about a lot like i'm still like i just saw a podcast hit my feed um where they were talking about amy Mann and like her thoughts on steely dan so i there's been apologies that
0: she's a big fan
1: yeah i it's uh it's complicated and I I just yeah. I hope that everyone's cool because I like all these people.
0: Oh, and Amy Mann says that she unapologetically like loves Steely Dan. This yeah. didn't really change that for her as much as she's bummed about it. She's still a huge, huge Steely Dan head.
1: Yeah. So the song that I quoted in our intro is from Asia, is my second favorite from Asia after Peg, and that's Deacon Blues, which I think Ooh. lyrically is my favorite Steely Dan song. It this just, uh
0: it was a in consideration for me as well. Yeah, it's just
1: it goes so many different directions, and like I just I feel like it is such a strong like candidate for the song for not winners. Like I I don't wanna I don't want to go and call them the opposite of winners because it's not but like it is very much the the not high school jock not big fancy like you know it is it is yeah. for the Steely Dan fans it's for Steely Dan right, and right. it just uh, it really just like it, it contrasts very well with Peg because it precedes it on the album so you have this album about that and then it's just Peg that's just like absolutely jamming and uh and then i just
0: you have the one i the other one i almost picked which is home at last which is a very sort of laid back like beautiful orchestration and jazz like so yeah those three are just bang 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 but all different i love them
1: yeah it's uh that album for having seven tracks has about 40 different like directions it goes in and i really do love it
0: yeah, this one is awesome and it's kind of the reverse bad sneakers which I put on our Dad Rock summer playlist where that's like uh guys like parking cars, like a working man's fantasy of, you know, being rich and having the pina colada and like watching these other people going by. And then this is uh from what I read, again, I don't think I got this meaning when I first uh like listened to it cuz you could take some different meanings, but they said it was kind of like, you know, a rich Wall Street guy or like a corporate guy uh, who has this fantasy of leaving it all behind and learn to work the saxophone and uh, sort of wanting to be one of those. Yeah. Uh, not winners. Not or winners. Or is he a not winner himself? Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. Is,
1: is that not? If you, if you don't want to be, a, if you already want to be a not winner, are you already a
0: not winner? Oh yeah, and it's like the diff the definition of it too is different because he by by the world standards, if this is someone who's wealthy, for, has a good career, maybe they're healthy, but or maybe they're successful, uh, and look like a winner, but they're not a winner on the inside. Oh. So we could really like, man, we could take one song and just break down the lyrics for a full episode.
1: Yeah, absolutely, we could.
0: But. Why don't I move to my next one, which, yeah, I realized I didn't pick any like long jammy ones that much, but this is probably the closest. There's a good jam in it, but it's also an absolute banger and one of, I think one of their more known songs, but it was new to me recently. And that's my old school from Countdown to Ecstasy. The horns in this are just, uh... You, were you familiar with this oh, yeah, one? Yeah, what yeah. are your thoughts?
1: I this is um, like I love this guitar part. It's so fun. Yeah. Like it's 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 kind of just like a solo all throughout the song of just them like playing and just jamming. It it's it yeah. is a very um it, it I think it's it does something that I think a lot of really good Steel the songs do and it's where it incorporates almost like a chorus of vocals because Oh, I love it. There's there's not just like you know, Vega yeah. and Becker. They've got so many other um, musicians on the track singing and playing yeah. that it's it's really a larger, not orchestral piece, but it it almost gets there, right?
0: Well, and it's a lot of like the group vocals that I think were earlier. there were popular in the early '70s because, like, you don't hear it as much. You hear more like textured, like mcdonald type backup vocals instead of like like this whole big group singing yeah because you know it kind of goes away the later in your career but i love it on these early tracks and the again me lyrical Luki i have to know the meaning behind all the songs uh and this one is actually about a drug bust at their school at their college um and they that's why i'm never going back to my old school and it was like One of their friends actually, like, read them out to the FBI. And so that's why all the lines about uh, Daddy G and uh, there's there's something about, like, drugs. Because, you know, they were doing a bunch of drugs there at the school. They were creating, and I read that, like, oh, I think it was Bards College, the school they went to. And I read that they would, like, their classmates said they would just sort of retreat into their room after class and stuff and like they were just like always like in their scheming and dreaming stuff up and like they knew they were gonna be these like great creative talents and it's pretty wild.
1: Well while that's a very guitar jammy song. It is not the guitar jammy song that Steely Dan guitar. Uh and I have chosen that and it's from their first album, Can't buy a thrill and it's reeling in the years. And this is my favorite Steely Dan song. It's it's maybe their least
0: Steely Dan song. Yeah, because uh, again, it's in that poppier sort of early era, so it kind of sounds like that early seventies rock. But yeah, but
1: we we talked about we talked about Vecna songs a couple of weeks ago, and I feel like this one could get me out. Just that <laughs> that that guitar riff that it starts off with. I would love to see that. It's so fun. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, it's, uh it, it goes like in some really fun places with the chorus, but then it has that super long, like, rhythmic guitar solo that I love in the middle of it. That, uh yeah. I just like, I see that, I see that like sampled in places, like as a joke almost. And it's, cause it is so wild and interesting. And it just goes up and down and does so many things that, like it gets stuck in your brain and I don't know I you you are such an analytical like lyric minded person and like I said I'm just like it's a great vibe love it
0: yeah and and certainly this one is yeah
1: exactly this is like just the vibe I love
0: yeah and uh could be a good uh dead rock summer edition if you want to throw it on there in one of the future ones uh because yeah it's definitely that sunny that guitar just gets going from the second one this is one i'm like i was surprised when i found out that this was steely dan because i was just like wait i had heard this like long before i'd heard any of those other ones like this is like and i think it's just because it's like it's clean it's catchy you know it's just Mm -hmm. great um well and and just yeah uh, compared
1: to all the other bigger songs on an album it's so unlike everything like if you told me that without any knowledge you you showed me dirty work and reeling in the years yeah. and said these are like four songs apart on the same album i wouldn't believe you like, i think i think i just um, i would think you were outright lying to me because they are so different
0: and then talking about so different i've got as my last pick track eight on camp by a thrill which is brooklyn in parentheses owes the charmer under me and i'd heard jokes like you know John Mulaney's like obsessed with Steely Dan and he like mentioned something about Brooklyn before and I like didn't get why that was related to Steely Dan now oh I see and um and also I don't know if they're one of them's from there or something but uh but this song is like just the chord structure again we're talking about like how is so many different styles uh like with these and this is almost reminds me of like just seventies AM pop. I could see Mary Tyler Moore throwing her hat up in the air to this and, uh, and the chord structure I've been playing it on the piano and it's just so beautiful. Like the, the interesting progression of chords. And it's like really interesting. I feel like, again, reminds me a little of that, like Elton John, Billy Joel, uh, early seventies type rock. And not so much what I think with later Steely Dan, but the, the different meanings with this one, I mean, it's kind of like there's one meaning I think you could take that's like purely classist, like purely like class struggle, looking at his downstairs neighbor um, who's got a raw deal. And then he's looking at like these golfers and, you know, again, like comparing and being like Brooklyn owes the charmer under me. Now there's also a horny meaning, which is that under me is in a sexual way, which is what I originally thought too. Um, But I also feel like that kind of, I don't know. That kind of gives it a cool meaning too, because then it's sort of like this person that he's involved with in some way and looking at the person that she's with and being like, she deserves more and the city owes her more. Um, But it's a great song has some of those great, like angelic group vocals you're talking about when they sing Brooklyn owes the charmer under me. And I, uh, I was going back and forth between many songs on this album and went with this one eventually
1: yeah i any great song that we didn't have on this playlist wasn't because it wasn't good it's because there are too many that are there's too many
0: yeah um and these are our favorites and i feel like we covered the gamut pretty well i was surprised we even got uh two against nature on there i feel like we covered their career uh solidly but yeah this barely scratches the surface Uh, They're an amazing band, and I highly recommend. I listened to their discography like twice this year. There's not that many albums, and there's some great songs on all of them. Not a bad one in the bunch. So that's it. That's our top 10 Steely Dan songs. All right, well, we got one thing left to do, and that's talk about the music we're excited for that's coming out this week in Shouts. First up... I played this gentleman on the pod many times, and he already released an album this year, and it's always good. This is Young Gov, and Gov Number Four is coming out. Gov Three is out there. You can go catch up on, so that you're not lost when you see the previously on Gov Three. You know, it's you you want to be ready for it. So go catch up on all the Govs uh, before Four comes out. Uh, then Art De Echo. It's like Art Deco, but f- fancy in French and has an apostrophe. But uh, after the Head Rush, this is an artist I discovered a few years back and liked it. So check it out. Holly Cook uh, with Happy Hour. She's got some great like beachy vibes and she's on Merge Records. She uh, she makes some cool stuff. I recommend it. I heard a couple songs from this album and enjoyed them. Uh, then the great Regina Spector with Home Before and After i always love regina she was on our best tv themes episode for orange is the new black theme uh so always check out some new regina specter actually her last album i feel like i enjoyed a lot um and then soccer mommy another artist we played on the podcast uh was sometimes forever their last album what was that uh the color theory one that was one of our favorites of the year, I remember that. Year. Yeah,
1: I mistakenly came back and said that it should have been on my top of 2020. Oh, is that what it was? And it yeah. wasn't, and I I was a fool to do that. Uh, yeah. Stereo Gum named that one of the top albums of the first half of twenty twenty two like three weeks ago, and I was very confused because oh, wow. I, I was reading it and I saw it I was like, "Whoa, is, is yeah. it out?" And I went to look, and it wasn't. I was like, "They got it early, baby." Yeah.
0: Which, uh, hey, I'm speaking about like publicists and music journalists talking about uh, early releases I saw someone on Twitter like I'm assuming that people like fellow journalists shit on uh other people who are like oh you're bragging about getting an album early and i saw someone tweet music journalists uh getting on people about bragging about albums getting albums early like that's not the only cool part of our job <laughs> <'Cause I'm> like, <laughs> that is honestly like when you get that when it's not out yet i'm always like so excited especially if it's something like i want to listen to and uh so yeah thought i'd share that that was fun i'll tell you what you guys aren't gonna
1: Fucking believe Gov 5
0: what you got gov5 the Gov 5 the governor cut <laughs> it's called old gov <laughs> old gov is that like old greg the sequel to old greg
1: yep it's an odd influence <laughs> but who would have thought
0: old greg runs for governor of the local english town An
1: artist I played last week that I'm really excited to hear the whole album, Automatic with Excess. That was a really cool track. I played Venus Hour last week, and uh, I I can't wait. Uh Another artist I played a couple months ago, Fatlip with Skit and Seavash, The Grouch Present Torpor. I gave that one (laughs) my best. It's it's a hell of a title. Uh, Excited to hear it, though. An album I'm really excited for. Maybe one of my most anticipated of the summer. Muna with self-titled. Played them a couple months ago and I am jazzed to
0: hear more. All yeah. three checks I've heard from them have been incredible. I thought you were going to say the Moon Knight soundtrack at first, but no, it's was Muna. You fooled me there.
1: Yes, yes. And then a couple other favorites. Wolf Alice with Blue Lullaby. Love yes. their music. Always like to hear Very it. Very cool. A name I haven't heard in a while, Lupe Fiasco, with Drill Music and Zion. I'm uh, very curious to see what he's up to. Empress Of, with Save Me. I have loved her previous albums, so I'm sure this will join that club of really, really good albums. And finally, Camp, with Lavender Days. I know uh, Big Dead Energy co-host Jared just or no, both of them saw camp open for the Lumineers in the most dadliest ah, of dad shows. Yeah, so <laughs> uh, we'll have to check them out, see what, see if those guys are up to anything good.
0: Yeah, take a trip to camp for the summer. Uh, camp with two A's, by the way. Oh, that's camp. Creepy. that's how you say it when you're excited can i can i
1: take a can i take a quick detour to an artist that i saw the other day because i was so shocked by the name that i had to take a picture of it Uh, this person i hope they're good i'm gonna shout them out i did not listen i listened to a song they're featured on and their name caught my attention they only have 24 monthly listeners let's get them to 27 okay it's L L I I K K E E A A G G H H O O S S T
0: T like a ghost, but it's like like a ghost. I just hey you. When I see a name like that, I'm like, man, they're in it for the art because that because is like <laughs> hell on this search engine optimization. No one would
1: be able to find that. So <laughs> I go check out like a ghost.
0: Oh, maybe that's how you're supposed to say it, like Dracula.
1: I'm assuming you're supposed to say it (laughs)
0: like a ghost. That makes sense. i buy that. Um, Well, we got to talk about our three daddies. There's no way around it. We're Planet Ant Podcast, powered by Pinecast. Head over to planetant.com. Check out all the great stuff over there. If you go to planetant.com slash best song ever, you can join our Discord channel It's usually me, Kevin, and Brian just talking about music, but we love when someone pops in and throws a recommendation. Um, And then, of course, OffShelf.net. Check it out. It's on the internet. Got great interviews and podcasts and columns over there. My cousin Brian's Bar None Hip Hop column among them. So go check that out. That's going to do it for us this week. And, you know, I'm Luke LeBan saying, I wonder where Steely Dan got their name. Oh, and I'm Kevin Connor saying, uh, don't Google that. This is the best song ever. Well, it's best song ever. It's not a podcast better. The jokes are clever and the tunes are cool. It's worth whatever. It's the best song ever.